Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Infrastructure failure should actually be described as democratic failure because it is. There are moments where Republicans fail. There are moments where Republicans are a big, hot mess. I believe they did so regarding January 6th. The idea that you could have Representative Kinzinger or Cheney not only believing that it was insurrection, but actively pushing for this January 6th committee through Speaker Pelosi. That's a bad moment for Republicans. Now you can isolate them out. These two, these three, and isolate them out and push them to the side. Uh, And to an extent that's been done, I won't disagree that it creates, oh, what the bloody heck is going on here? But in this infrastructure failure, it is a complete and total disaster because we're not talking about two or three. You want to focus on Cinnamon and Mansion? Feel free, but you're not taking a look at what the House did. And you're not taking a look at where the House, the progressives in the House are lying. You aren't noticing that Nancy Pelosi, the master legislator, did not get it done. But we have to ask ourselves what it is. What could they get done? We already said be on the lookout. For Nancy Pelosi to change the, 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 the price. It never had to be $3.5 trillion. Hmm. $2.1 trillion could very well be enough. That's where they are now. $2.1 trillion. Well, why do we have to be at $3.5 trillion? And what about this line from the progressives that why are you always talking about price? Why are you always talking about how much something costs? doesn't cost anything. Don't you know? Don't you know that the, that the number is zero? There's no price tag to this, this thing for, for health care and for climate change and for this, that, and the other. There's no price tag. What are, you, what are you talking crazy? As we all know, the price tag for this is zero, and no one bought it. They went from, we have to do this to help the American people, and it's so popular with the American people, to saying uh, that this doesn't cost anything. And now, why in the world are you worried about price at all? What matters is the priorities. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, everything at TonyKatz.com. Disaster. Disaster is what took place. And I want to walk through the bit of the, the, the TikTok, if you will, just make sure we all understand what's happening. We have two different pieces of legislation. $3.5 trillion, $1.2 trillion. The $1.2 trillion is what they call the bipartisan effort. Republicans and Democrats voting for it. This is what uh, uh, Mitch McConnell and others, they, they wanted this thing done. I thought it was too much. Because it engaged other things. It was not focused solely on infrastructure. I thought it was too much money. And anytime you're playing this game, you know you're going to get hurt. So they put together this $1.2 trillion infrastructure package. At the same time, the Bernie Sanders wing, the leftists, put together a $3.5 trillion infrastructure package, which has absolutely nothing to do with infrastructure. 
Zero. They have told you this time and again. Bernie Sanders said we're going to take on uh, health care. We're going to take on big pharma. We're going to take on the wealthy. You don't want to pay more taxes. None of that is infrastructure. They don't care. As you heard in the entire Kristen Cinema debacle, where there are protesters actually following her into a public bathroom, people are using the bathroom and they're recording while they're lecturing to her. People who are in the country illegally lecturing to her about what she has to do regarding immigration, which is still not infrastructure. This $3.5 trillion will get passed via budget reconciliation. You need no Republican votes. It's a budget process. You get the 50 votes of the Democrats. You get the tiebreaker from the Vice President, Kamala Harris. Boom, bop, bip, you're done, you're good. That's what they were going for. They ran into that, that resistance from cinema and mansion. Bring it back to the House, where the House Progressive Caucus, led by Pramila Jayapal, Representative Jayapal from Washington State, with the help of Ocasio-Cortez and Omar and Tlaib and Ayanna Presley and the squad, said, well, if you don't bring the $3.5 trillion, we're not going to pass that $1.2 trillion, and thus held it hostage. And what they have been doing is lying about that moment. So first, let's take ourselves a step back. This is Cedric Richmond, former congressman from Louisiana, who is uh, on with, uh, I believe that's with uh, Chuck Todd over there at NBC, talking about the price tag and pushing again this lie of it doesn't cost anything. No, when you, when you ask, what do you want? Uh, remember, we're not talking about this in terms of a number. We're talking about this in terms of the programs that meet the needs of the American people. So when we say, what do you want? Do you want child care? Do you want elder care? Do you want a paid leave? Do you want to bring down the cost of prescription drugs? Do you want to expand uh, Medicaid? Do you want to give tax breaks to working families in this uh, country? When we say, what do you want? That's what we mean. And so our job is to bring people together, shape this in terms of the needs that we're going to meet. And then we'll see what a price tag is. We'll see where we... That's something else. This is just this past weekend. And there's Cedric Richmond advising, senior advisor of President Biden, laying it out that none of it has to do with infrastructure at all. Absolutely, positively, none of it has to do with infrastructure in any way. It's always nice when they're not lying. Representative Jayapal on CNN said the same exact thing. Some top Democrats and White House officials are floating a $2.1 trillion package, a lot smaller than what you are currently at, $3.5 trillion. Are you open to $2.1 trillion? Well, what we've said from the beginning is it's never been about the price tag. It's about what we want to deliver. The price tag comes out of that. So uh, we understand that we, uh, you know, the 3.5 we thought was negotiated already is clearly not negotiated. We understand we have to get 50 senators on board and we have to keep everyone in the House on board. And so we are now going back to make sure what is the way that we can get all of the critical programs that we had identified, those things I talked to you about, child care, paid leave. Yeah, climate. and I'm going to get to that in a second. Yeah. How do we get all of those things in, but, you know, and it, but perhaps for a shorter period of time and uh, be able to get then to the number from that? The critical thing is let's get our priorities in and then we'll figure out what it actually. The priorities aren't infrastructure. 
And they have so let this cat out of the bag that there is no way to redeem it. You now have to get America to say that we want to spend $3.5 trillion without a single Republican vote on things that aren't infrastructure, on things where people do have disagreements, things that are not, as they like to say, wildly popular with the American people. Add to this that they blew up the $1.2 trillion that might, for an, to an extent, actually engage some infrastructure, even though, yes, I believe it is too much money. I could lose out on that one. People could disagree with me. But the progressives said, we will not touch it. Why? Because our wish list of priorities that have nothing to do with infrastructure is more important than anything else. Representative Ocasio-Cortez on Face the Nation pushing forward a lie about some kind of grand bargain. Well, the agreement several months ago to even proceed on that one bipartisan bill was that it was tied with with our larger Build Back Better agenda. And the reason when some folks say, well, why can't you just pass this and we'll see everything else later? First of all, we do not, you know, both of these bills need to pass. Both will not pass if they, if people try to separate them. If we try to diverge from that agreement that was settled several months ago. There was no agreement. You had Republicans. I remember talking about it. We uh, There were some really fantastic write-ups. I remember it was from Rich Lowry in National Review. Oh, gosh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to drive me crazy. Republicans, you don't know that this is, a, that this is all just part of a, of a plan? You go for the $1.2 trillion, They'll push the $3.5 trillion, and they'll try to marry them together. And that's exactly what happened. As a matter of fact, Speaker Pelosi said as much. And so did President Biden, that he wants to see both things on his desk. Oh, it wasn't too long ago. It wasn't too long ago. Like, it wasn't too long ago where he said, you know, we're not going to have mask mandates or, 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 or vaccine mandates. And then, well, pfft, like you could trust him. And then Biden got so called to the carpet about it, they said, you know what? I'm a man of my word. No, he's not. And he said, if you, if you give me any one of those bills, I'll sign them. There was no deal. There was no deal that they had to be together. What the Democrats did was try and screw over the Republicans who, who helped negotiate this $1.2 trillion deal. There was no deal. That's not the facts. Now, maybe I am taking this wrong from Representative Ocasio-Cortez. What if, to her, she is telling the truth? Listen again. Well, the agreement several months ago to even proceed on that one bipartisan bill was that it was tied with, with our larger Build Back Better agenda. And the reason when some folks say, well, why can't you just pass this and we'll see everything else later? First of all, we do not, you know, both of these bills need to pass. Both will not pass if, they, if people try to separate them. What if she was actually told they go together, but she wasn't told by those people who negotiated the bill in the Senate and then voted for it? What if she was told this by House leadership? What if 
Representative Ocasio-Cortez was told these things will go together. This is our plan. Look, we'll get them to do this, and we'll get it to the House, and then we'll start working on our package, and then we'll put it together, and that's the way it's going to work. We'll have it together, so if they want one, they got to go for the other. That's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to push them. That's how we're going to edge them. And what if she was lied to? I am saying that it is possible. I do not know if it is probable. I am saying that it is possible that Speaker Pelosi thought that somehow that was the way to get everybody on board. And what did she not consider? Cinema and Mansion in the Senate. And what did she not consider? That House, House Democrats would absolutely fracture and rip it in two. And that Pramila Jayapal, representative from Washington State, might actually have some juice. And she so knows where this progressive caucus is that she isn't going to budge because she doesn't have to. Because she doesn't care that infrastructure passes because the bill has nothing to do with infrastructure. She cares that she gets reelected by the woke folk in Washington State, just like Ocasio-Cortez does, just like Ilhan Omar does, and the rest. So when I discuss disaster for the Democratic Party, I mean disaster for the Democratic Party. That's what I mean. Because it shows the clear, true divisions between the Democrats and the progressives. And one has to ask who's in charge, and the answer is, well, the progressives are in charge. Look what they just did. Look at the incredible defeat. Now, they're throwing this all on... uh, all on Kirsten Cinema, the senator from from uh, Arizona, and the best is you had uh, I think it's Maureen Dowd. Was it Maureen Dowd or was it Maggie Haberman? Who's asking the questions? Why? Why in the world? Why in the world? Oh no, it was Maureen Dowd from the New York Times. Why would Kirsten Cinema, the senator from Arizona, stand in the way? I mean, Joe Biden really needs a win. What is the principle leading Kirsten Cinema quote, to obstruct the party of our own president who really needs a win right now, asked Maureen Dowd. And as we have discussed, what happened to principle? When you're a Republican saying Trump should be impeached, it's principled. When you're a Democrat saying we shouldn't spend this money, you're an obstructionist and people should videotape you in a bathroom. Democratic disaster right now. No spin covers this up. I'm Tony Katz. So I told you about this abortion hearing they had on the Hill. I don't know if it was a full committee. But they want people to be public about their disdain for the Texas abortion bill. And I do think that there are arguments to be made. It's not that I I favor abortion. It's that I'm looking at it legally, and there are going to be some things within that bill, that law, that people are like, wait, this this isn't going to work. But you had Ocasio-Cortez and Ayanna Presley and the others having this hearing to hear from abortion activists. And of course, it was there where you heard people saying things like, you know, we, we can't be talking about this as if they are, uh, you know, we can't be saying things like pregnant women. You can't say pregnant women. No, 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 no. They, these, are, these are pregnant people, don't you know? 
And you're like, pregnant people? What, what kind of crazy? Only women get pregnant. Why do we keep going through this level of insanity? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you. And then, of course, anything, if you're opposed to abortion, it's all racism and everything else. But we missed this one from that uh, event on abortion. Well, I'm tired of white saviors saying that black women aren't smart enough to make our own decisions about our lives. That's what I'm tired of. That is the ultimate in racism. To accuse us of being less smart, less human, and less caring about our children than you do. When your actions speak louder than your mealy words, because you vote against children having lunches, getting good schools, getting rid of guns so that they can survive. Now, I believe the white savior complex, that woman's name is, by the way, Loretta Ross, I believe it is, and she runs something called the Reproductive Justice Center. Remember, anytime something is something justice, it's not real. It's a code for wealth redistribution. Economic justice, climate justice, social justice is all about wealth redistribution. Always has been, always will be. The white saviors are racist hypocrites. Now, what if you're black... And you're pro-life. What are, what are you then? And if we're going to talk about the white saviors. What about all of those white liberals who say that it's racist for a black person or a person of color, as they like to say, to provide an ID when they vote? I would argue, Loretta... That the white savior complex, which I won't even argue doesn't exist. I actually think it does exist, but it's not white. It's a liberal savior uh, complex. It exists throughout the Democratic Party. It exists in a number of policies. Black people can't do that. Hispanic people can't do that. I would argue that it exists when you have stores provide signs in Spanish. I often talk about living in Los Angeles, as I did for for a few years. You go to a Home Depot and the signs are also in Spanish, but never in Tagalog. It's Los Angeles. There's a crazy amount of languages that are spoken. No, No Korean a lot of people speak Korean. No Vietnamese. Signs aren't in those languages, only in Spanish. That is soft bigotry, right? So you say white savior, you're talking about liberal saviors. That's what you are referring to. But connecting abortion to the, the racism, I mean, that was the purpose of this hearing. If you missed Joe Biden, oh, don't worry. You don't miss him. But he had some things to say. Let me bring that to you coming up. This is Tony Katz today. Two hundred homicides in Indianapolis. So that's 200 homicides in nine months. That's 22.22, and the two goes on for forever. 22 homicides a month over the past nine months, which would mean that we will get to 266 homicides by the time the year ends, which is, of course, more homicides than we had last year, 
at 245. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. It's not good to talk about these numbers. Where is Mayor Hogsett? Where is the city county council? They still want to push the idea that they've got a plan that's going to work. And you already had uh, Hogsett coming out to say, look, no one should think that things are going to happen right away. Well, it's been five and a half, six years, and they sure as heck haven't happened right away. They're not happening at all. They're not happening at all because, well, you're not focused on actually doing something. The belief that throwing money at the problem will solve the problem is one of the most radical ideas that is out there. Did I say hello, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today? Everything at TonyKatz.com, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, I forget. There is in Tampa Bay a city councilor who is talking about one of the things we discuss all the time, which is the idea of culture. And if you think the culture is black culture, you don't understand what it is that's being said. People are afraid to have this conversation because they'll get called racist for saying so. No, 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 no. Facts are facts. And let small people with small minds say the things that they say. They don't get to decide for us. This Tampa councilman, who I, I, I used to live in Tampa. Spent a great number of years in Tampa. Met my wife in, in, in Tampa. This Tampa councilman, his name is Orlando Goods, And he is discussing the murder of a four-year-old girl named Suni Bell. A four-year-old black girl named Suni Bell. They have five suspects in this shooting into a car. All five suspects are black men. I bring this up because if any one of them were white, we'd be screaming hate crime from now until the cows come home. It's all CNN would talk about. So when we discuss murders, when we discuss violence in America, note That when it's black on black, no one seems to pay attention. I think we should pay attention because we don't want four-year-olds murdered regardless of color of skin. What can I say? I'm a simple man like that. But this councilman is discussing, you know, he uses the line, it disturbs me, a four-year-old baby was killed. He should be disturbed. And then we have to put an end to community silence and the no-snitching culture. And I said, stop. Let me read some more. It, I need it to stop now. There's no need to say I won't tell when something is bad. If it's bad, it's bad. We have to be able to root these people out. Yes. The problem is indeed a problem of culture. A culture that says, oh, no, don't rat. Oh, don't tell the cops. No, no, no. Look, I get it. I understand the importance of keeping your mouth closed. You know, Will Smith uh, used to refer to it as who points to the closet door. I'm talking about the actor, Will Smith. Amongst him and his friends, they would discuss, you know, if, if the police came in and they were looking for somebody, who points to the closet door and says it's them? Maybe it's not the police. Maybe it was uh, some, some, some rival, some enemy, whatever. Who points to the closet door? Who rats them out? I get it. I understand it. I have always referred to it as I know who I am when I walk in the room. I know what I, I know what I'm about when I walk into a room. Same kind of a philosophy. I, was, I, was, I thought it was very interesting. I don't know when he said it, but or when I when I or even when I heard it, but it always stuck with me. That's a really interesting concept. But what we're talking about here are the people who shoot up your neighborhood, create violence in your neighborhood, and kill four year olds.
You're not supposed to snitch on them. They're murdering four-year-olds, and you're not supposed to say, that guy did it. That's not snitching. That's making sure you've got a better neighborhood where four-year-olds don't get murdered. It's cultural. And if I said it about my own life, and Will Smith said it about his life, what makes any of us think this is about black culture? What are we talking about? There are a lot of ways in a lot of places the concept of keeping your mouth closed has existed. We know it. The whole concept of Omerta? This whole concept of this thing of ours? I don't actually deny that. I don't deny that when you've got a group of friends, when you've got a group of people, when you have what can be described as a band of brothers, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I'm not denying this. You're with a band of brothers who murder four-year-olds? Maybe you got to question your brotherhood. Maybe you got to question your bands. Maybe you have to question your group. What did you take an oath for? What is it that you feel connected about? You sit idly by while four-year-olds get murdered? Sorry. Of what value are you? This is not what anyone is referring to. And this is exactly the conversation happening from a council member in Tampa that does not happen from any of the councilors in Indianapolis. It doesn't happen. They don't talk about it. They refuse to say these things. They'll probably call me names for saying it out loud. You know what my answer is? Who cares? Let them say what they want to say. It's, it's irrelevant. The facts remain that this city county council will not address the issues. They won't do it. This city county council will not say things honestly, clearly, directly, and thusly. And this mayor, Joe Hogsett, refuses. By the way, where is he? Talk to business owners. I, I happened to be speaking to a business owner over the weekend. And they are a mainstay of downtown. A name you know. A name you know. And you know how much uh, they've seen of Joe Hogsett? They have never seen Joe Hogshead. They have never had a conversation uh, in, in the time he's been mayor. That's how the story gets told to me, directly. A mayor who's non-existent. A mayor who isn't there. A mayor, wh- what does he do with his time? What does he do all day long? Where is he? He isn't walking the streets. Now, I'm not saying he's got to be talking to everybody every single day. But in five and a half, six years, you haven't talked to this business owner? That's impossible. The only way you're not talking to this business owner or a series of business owners is that you don't want to talk to them because you don't want to hear it. You know, the argument was made is, is, is Hogshead, does he even like what he does or is he just, you know, in over his head? I have no idea if he likes what he does, but he's absolutely in over his head. He is not capable of solving this violence problem. Now, we should be clear about something. Violence is up across the nation. It is. 
We should not deny that. But that is not something that the, that the Hogshead administration gets to say, well, because it's up across the nation, what are we supposed to do? You've had six years. It has steadily gone up. It is on you. I will give you another example of what this administration does. Over the weekend, there was a stabbing at the, at the bus terminal there downtown. Downtown Indianapolis, there's a stabbing. Person was taken to the hospital, critical condition. The person who, I, th- I believe the person who committed the stabbing was arrested. Here's the question. Why wasn't it the lead story throughout central Indiana, and why wasn't it referred to as knife violence? But if a gun had been used, we'd be hearing about gun violence from now until the end of time. There would be some nonsense statement from the city county council or from Joe Hogsett from his lackeys about gun violence. Only showing you that what they are interested in and what they discuss, what they engage in, is ideological, not what's best for the people of Indianapolis. The issue is violence. The issue is crime. And the issue is a cultural one. If you would engage the cultural underpinnings, you'd at least have a shot. Instead, what they say is, well, we got this money, COVID relief money, so why don't we just spend it on that? You can't throw your money at this problem. You cannot throw your money at a problem where people don't say of the one who kills a four-year-old, they did it. No amount of money solves that problem. Who killed Jessica Doty? Jessica Doty was killed at the canal. Murdered at the canal. What, she got into an argument with somebody about Black Lives Matter. This group said Black Lives Matter. This other group said, I'll be quiet. And next thing you know, 24-year-old Jessica Doty Whitaker, walking with her fiance, it's three in the morning, they get jumped, she gets shot. Nobody knows what happened to Jessica Doty Whitaker. That's insane now maybe they caught the guy and i don't know in which case i'll correct this whole segment and say how wonderful maybe we're on to something maybe we've got something here but this city county council and this mayor won't do the hard work they won't speak the big issues they refuse to do it you can call it cowardice you can call it a lack of caring I'm not sure which. What I know is, here it is as clear as day. But I do have a council member in Tampa who's willing to say something. Hot diggity. They do exist. People who are willing to have a rational conversation, the hard conversation, no matter how uncomfortable it makes the woke. Indianapolis is not okay. Because I'm talking about the crime. I'm talking about the violence. I'm talking about the lack of leadership. That lack of leadership also uh, puts itself in a place of a lack of vision. What's the vision of Indianapolis? What is Indy 2030? I'm glad Jim Irsay wants to talk about a museum, something we've been talking about for years here. I'm thrilled by it, overjoyed by it. I'll do anything to help. I want a performing arts center. I believe the arts are the key to growing this city. Where's the city county council? What's their vision? What's Bob Osley's uh, vision? What's Zach Adamson's vision? 
well, it's clearly not increasing convention business when he calls NRA members Nazis. What's Joe Hogsett's vision? And the answer is, his vision is, I don't know, the governor's office? Getting a gig in the Biden administration? I don't know, something that isn't the city. (laughs) Something that's about him and not about us. Not about you, me, and we. That seems obvious. And you know what? If they don't want to have a vision of the city, fine. We will gather other people. We will just start innovating and building. And they'll go along for the ride and try and take credit. Small people with small minds, what can you do? Let them take their little credit. Who cares? We build a better city. But they won't address the violence issue, honestly. They won't do it. And until they do, it gets worse. Now, you could ask yourself, Tony, well, is the governor ever going to address the violence issue? Oh, Governor Eric Holcomb address issues in Indianapolis? They still don't even have a candidate to run for mayor in 2023. Address the issues. No, that would involve Governor Holcomb actually speaking out. And as we've all seen, unless it's to tell you to wear a mask, he don't do that. I'm Tony Katz. But we can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell? You know, Margaret, it's just too soon to tell. We've just got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. Let's focus like a laser on continuing to get those those cases down. And we can do it by people getting vaccinated and also in the situation where boosters are appropriate to get people boosted because we know that they can help greatly in diminishing infection and diminishing advanced disease the kinds of data that this is just i think the clip of the day tony katz tony katz today it's so good to be with you it's too early to tell if we can gather for christmas i've already made my reservations what are you talking about he didn't say anything about hanukkah we're fine baby oh you know what you're right you are absolutely right well sorry christians you know what there's there there is a a a great benefit to being chosen just sorry too soon too soon i already have my plans i'm actually looking for one more hotel got a whole thing planned it's gonna be great gonna be excellent who out there is saying hmm i don't know if we can get together for christmas we'll wait till dr fauci tells us and then we'll be good to go absolutely positively no one is doing wait is someone doing this i have a hard time with that i have a hard time believing that someone is really really waiting out there but it was actually this one that's more maddening from uh the cnn interview that fauci did well, uh, Dana, we looked at this year, years ago when people were, create, were claiming religious exemptions to avoid getting measles vaccines when we had the measles outbreak in certain clusters of under-vaccinated people. There are precious few 
religions that actually say you cannot do that. I mean, very, very few. I mean, literally less than a handful. But people, you know, sometimes confuse a philosophical objection with a religious objection. Uh, when you talk about actually established religions, there are so few of those that actually will not allow you to get vaccinated. So how do you, though, tell somebody that their faith doesn't, if they say, this is my faith, uh, and it doesn't fall into that yeah. traditional religion, and, and then on the flip side, how do you kind of tell whether or not that's just an excuse? Yeah, no, Dana, that, that's going to be very difficult. I would hope that people would understand mm -hmm. that all of this is for their benefit, for the safety of themselves. You see, you just don't understand that Dr. Fauci is trying to save you. And I'm not anti-vax. I think the vax works. But what a weird claim to say, you know, religious exemptions. <laughs> and then to go on to say, where California mandates students be vaccinated, that it's sound judgment. When does Fauci step down? He does more harm than good. I do believe that is true. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, everything at TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.